When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's good, everybody? You are listening to Beneath the Frozen Sea, the DavyJonesLockerRoom.com podcast, and we are fiending like the Seattle Kraken of which we cover every week for a wildcard spot, specifically the second one. The Kraken coming out of the All-Star break have been all right, and unfortunately all right isn't really enough to get you safely into the wildcard. They have a very, very slim chance as of right now. It could change tonight. But every win counts now, so every game is a must-watch and must-win. After all, if you're going to try and make the playoffs, you might as well try and beat one of the best teams in the conference tonight. The Seattle Kraken take on the Vancouver Canucks. Yes, it's the Battle of the Pacific Northwest tonight, and it's going to be a huge part of what we talk about for the first 10 minutes. After all, like I said, every win counts, and this is a tough team to play. Or so you'd think. The Canucks are coming into this one on a three-game losing streak, and that doesn't really tell the story. Because the real story here is not just that they're vulnerable. They're vulnerable because a debt that they started to incur at the beginning of the season is coming due. Now yes, the Vancouver Canucks are really good. They're absolutely killers in the Western Conference this year. They have 80 points, that's 10 ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights, and they have one of the highest goal differentials of any team in the league at plus 54. The only team who is even close are the Florida Panthers, who are plus 51. However, it masks the fact that the Vancouver Canucks have been vulnerable since the minute they took the ice. Now granted, they've been getting some insane shooting luck. They've been enormously efficient at turning their shots into goals. But the dark secret is... They're just kind of mediocre when it comes to puck possession. They're 15th in shot attempts, 4 on the year, that's about league average. They're 18th in unblocked shot attempts, 4, and they're 12th in expected goals, 4, which is the quality shot stat. But again, they're on a shooting bender, meaning that they are enormously good at taking the shots that they do get and turning them into NHL goals, which was true up until very recently. It's not just that they lost to a bunch of Central Division teams. Winnipeg and Colorado, and to a lesser extent Minnesota, are all fairly strong teams. It's how they did it that, as a Kraken fan, has me very interested. 
There isn't a whole lot to learn from the Minnesota game, funny as it was. They played that game to a low football score of 10-7. It did, however, set a precedent, an awkward precedent for them, that was shown in microcosm by the Jets and Colorado Avalanche, is that they get the first goal, and then they hang back. Furthermore, their penalty kill has absolutely collapsed in on itself. Over the past few games, they cannot rely on it. It is a huge part of the reason that they had such a lopsided score brought upon them by the Wilds of Minnesota. It's a big part of how uh, the Winnipeg Jets were able to beat them, and it was a part of how the Colorado Avalanche were able to stem the tide. I think they actually played the Avs pretty well. So again, like the Bruins, the Kraken are in a position to take a team that is struggling, take a team that has unique issues that they can take advantage of, and potentially get some much-needed points over a team that is supposed to be much better than they are. It's a big night, and the Kraken have shown that when faced against a good team that is struggling, they will happily, happily take control of the game. You saw it against Boston, you can see it against Vancouver, but they have to show up. They have shown up recently. I am very glad that they are showing up to just about every game they've played over the past couple of weeks. What they need to start doing is taking control of these games quickly and consistently. They had full control of the Boston game from opening puck drop. Won that game pretty handily, got two points, good stuff. Then they played the Detroit Red Wings, and they controlled the game for most of it, but not all of it. And that needs to be the part that's fixed, because they were chasing a game they had no right to chase. And you could see it in the post-game after that OT loss, the players were pissed. They thought they had this. They had pinned the Detroit Red Wings in their own end for most of the back half of that game, and they only came away with a point. They let themselves down, and they're mad about it. So hopefully, they took this loss and are going to use it as fuel. They know that they cannot take their skates off of the neck of their foe for even a second, and especially given how opportunistic and just how good the Vancouver Canucks are with their finishing this year, the Kraken need to be as annoying, as difficult to strip the puck from, as much of a slog as they need to play as. And that doesn't mean they have to play slow. They don't need to play a heavy game to do this. They just need to keep the aggression going. Keep forechecking. Keep forcing them to make difficult moves that can overturn the puck. If you gotta play the body, go on ahead, play the body. They're the Vancouver Canucks. I grew up loving watching the Vancouver Canucks get blown up. And I promise you that did not change as I aged. The big thing they have to be on top of is do it cleanly. If you're gonna play the body, play the body cleanly. If you're gonna take a guy out of the play, do it right. Because this is a bad power play to give up opportunities to. And for the love of all that is good in the great state of Washington, Please, if you are given an opportunity on the power play against this team, score on it. You've been getting some great power play movement over the past couple of games. This cannot be the game it goes cold. Like I said, this is a penalty kill that is struggling. So they need to take advantage of everything the Canucks give them tonight. No wasted opportunities, no wasted motion. Absolutely kill these guys because I know the Kraken can do that. After all, they're going to get up for it. The season series is tied 1-1. They absolutely killed the Kraken last time, but to start things out, the Kraken 
squeaked out a pretty solid win over them in November. They remember that kind of stuff, especially when you're this close. This is the last time that the Kraken are going to get an opportunity to show what they're really made of to a division rival. At least for the regular season, who knows what happens during the playoffs. Speaking of which, the Kraken desperately need these points. They need to win this game in regulation or in overtime. I don't care how you do it. Just win it. Because the door is closing, and closing fast. In the wild card right now, it looks like they need three points to tie, four to overtake the St. Louis Blues. And if you're not going to beat the Detroit Red Wings, who are roughly on par with you, or maybe even a little better, they need to show up. They know they can do this. They've got Matty going at a pretty good clip. They've got Jared McCann going at a pretty good clip. Vince Dunn is doing his assist thing again. They've got the pieces moving. They just need to execute. Because it's no skin off the Canucks back if they lose. They could very easily sleepwalk into this one and get their nose punched in. The Kraken cannot lose this. Anyway, let's go into line combinations since we're right here and right now before the game. This is a projected lineup from our good friends over at Emerald City Hockey at EmeraldCityHKY on Twitter.gov. It's a great logo too, my goodness. Looks like the forward lines are McCann, Beneers, and Eberle back together again. It's going to be your first line. Uh, the Wenberg line is looking as healthy as it ever has. Jaden Schwartz, Andre Burakovsky, and Alex Wenberg. Third line is back together again, doing its third line things. All-star Oliver Bjorkstrand, Yanni Gord, and Ellie Tolvanen. And it looks like that Ty Cartier is going to sub in for Kaylor Yamamoto. They also have Tomas Tatar and Brandon Tanev on the wing. On defense, as per usual, Vince Dunn and Adam Larson are a pairing. Jamie Alexiak and Big Billy Borgen are the second pair, and Brian Dumoulin and Justin Schultz. I think if it were up to me, I would have Riker Evans in the Dumoulin spot, but I understand why you would want to have your veteran players in for such an important game. You cannot have rookie mistakes. Looks like that Philip Grubauer will be the starter, given how much work that Joey Decord has had to put in. I am fine with that. But anyway, that's a projected lineup. If you feel like that that is incorrect or it is just straight up incorrect, uh, blame Emerald City Hockey. But as always, it is subject to change right up until the moment of the game. So yell at Hackstall, not either of us. Lineups for the opponent, the Vancouver Canucks, seem to be pretty reasonable. There's not a whole lot of change going on. Uh, looks like Nils Huglander is going to be taking rushes with Elias Pettersson and Lindholm. The cool human interest story is that Arshdeep Baines, a hometown kid and the fourth ever Punjab Canadian player in the NHL, he'll get to play with Brock Besser and JT Miller on the second line after just one game. Good for you, kid. Good for you. Uh, still going to turn and take two points from you, though. But hey, you learn more by losing. On the third line, it's going to be Pius Suter and Connor Garland winging up for Teddy Theodore's Bluger. And I only know that his name is Theodore's because I've watched an upsetting amount of Latvian international hockey. The world championships are my drug of choice. Please don't look at me. And to round things out on the fourth line, it's going to be Sam Lafferty, Nils Amon, and Ilya Mikheyev as line number four. Seems like a lot of Vancouver fans are not a huge fan of Ilya Mikheyev. Hard to see why. He's gigantic, but I suppose they're looking at their losing streak as a anything-to-make-it-stop sort of deal. 
And on defense, there's going to be Quinn Hughes and Philip Kronick on the first pair, Ian Cole and Tyler Myers as the second pairing, holy crap, and then Noah Juleson and Nikita Zadorov as the third pair. The Kraken have to be really careful of that second pairing. That is just a lot of irresponsible muscle out in white and blue and green. And until proven otherwise, it looks like Thatcher Demko is going to be the goaltender. A formidable team, but not an invincible one, in spite of what you've been told. Anyway, puck drops in a couple hours. We'll see how they do. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So while we're still talking about it, I want to give a huge shout out to Guile Fielder, who the Kraken honored during Monday night's game against the Red Wings. I will probably write something more specific about Guile Fielder, but I need you to understand that guy has stuck up for pro hockey in Seattle for longer than just about anybody. Anybody. Hopefully we can get his number up in the rafters at some point. That would be really cool. I understand if not, because he was a Seattle totem for a good portion of his time in the Pacific Northwest, but still, it would be nice. It was great to see Guile there. God, I wish they won that game. In prospect news, we are officially on 100-point watch for Jagger Furcus in the WHL. In a mere 50 games played, right winger Jagger Furcus, playing for the Moose Jaw Warriors, has 43 goals, 53 assists, and is a mere four games points away from a hundred. That is better than the next player back by 24 points. He is simply not to be stopped this year. David Goyetti in the OHL also looks to be headed for a hundred points himself. Uh, he has played 54 games and has 90 points in that time. It's a good time for players to really start to lock down their all-timer seasons. In the AHL, the Coachella Valley Firebirds are once again destroying just about everybody in their path. It's great for the Valley, but it's a damn shame for Shane Wright because his race and goals with Max McCormick hit a bit of a snag on Saturday night as he is currently listed as day-to-day -day with an upper body injury. What happened was that during the middle of play, Ozzy Wiesblatt of the Barracuda absolutely lit him up to the point where his helmet shot into the air like it had its own propulsion system. It was a dangerous high hit. Ozzy Wiesblatt was given a game misconduct. It is unknown whether or not he received any further discipline. And uh, he'd better keep his head on a swivel because this is not a team that suffers fools very well. It's just a damn shame for Shane because, number one, the Barracuda were not great that night. They could have given him all of the goals if he really wanted to get them. But it's another unnecessary setback for a player who has been absolutely lights out. It's a darn shame. Darn shame. Mercifully, he's had over a week, so hopefully whatever is bothering him has become less of an issue. He's still considered day-to-day, -day, and the Firebirds' next game is tomorrow at 7 p.t. against the Ontario Kings. While everyone is sad for Shane and is wishing him well, there seems to be one fanbase in particular that seems to be taking some joy from this. And that is, of course, the Montreal Canadiens fanbase. There is a section of Habs fandom 
that seems to see Shane Wright's downfall as their personal goal, all because he threw the Montreal table at his draft day a dirty look. A hundred-year-old team, two major giant rivalries, and there is still a bunch of people super mad about a dirty look from two years ago for a player who isn't even in the NHL. Truly, nobody knows how to pick a battle quite like the Montreal Canadiens fanbase. Anyway, enjoy Slavkovsky's point streak and everything. Uh, the Kraken will be trying to uh, make the playoffs this year. Anyway, really lightning quick stuff for the NHL trade deadline. It looks like the big targets going into this one are pretty much all Calgary Flames. There's still guys like Chris Tanev and Noah Hannafin that are courting teams just about everywhere. And a bit of rotten luck for the Pittsburgh Penguins because Jake Gensel is out for a good long time and he is going to be out past the trade deadline. So either Kyle Dubas has to sell you on the player's promise to get him out the door or he may have to eat the season, which is a real pain for the Pittsburgh Penguins because they are no longer run by a group of people who are known for their patience. Also, the Pittsburgh Penguins had a Jersey retirement ceremony for Yaramir Yager, one of the funniest people in the game and a real superstar of the 90s. Please go look him up if you are a new fan. He was an absolute king. It's just a shame they couldn't win on Yager's night. And that'll just about wrap it up. It's a much shorter episode than I anticipated it being, but still a nice and good one. After all, if the Kraken don't win these next two games, it's going to be all about the trade deadline, because after that, it is going to be really, really hard for the Kraken to sneak in. Anyway, you can find Beneath the Frozen Sea at Davy Jones Locker Room, at Davy Jones LR on Twitter.com, Threads Blue Sky, and Facebook.com. And if you like the audio, you can go down ahead and check out our written content over at DavyJonesLockerRoom.com. We cover all aspects of the game, the preview, a game thread for fans can interact with each other, and a recap after every game. Once again, the game tonight is the Vancouver Canucks. It is at 7PT. It's going to be a huge game. My name is Sky. Thank you all very much for listening. And as always, keep calm and post Zoidberg when we win. And go! Kraken.